Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. Today, I have a special interview with Amber Shaw, the founder of The Wellness Revolution. Um, Amber and I have not met in person, um, but we go way back as far as being part of the same mastermind, and I was actually on her podcast, so we've chit-chatted in the past, and she is a wealth of information. I think you guys are going to love to hear what she has to say, and I feel like we have a lot in common. Um, So let me give you a little background on Amber. So Amber is the founder of the Wellness Revolution, a leading global movement for thousands of women to empower them to rediscover their confidence and create a body that looks good as it feels. As a nationally board a nationally board certified health and wellness coach and certified personal trainer, Amber is committed to overhauling the diet culture so women have the support and accountability they need to change their lives. Amber is also a motivational speaker, philanthropist, and internationally recognized authority in the health and wellness industry. Her mission is to help millions of women heal their relationship with food and themselves while empowering them to transform their lives, love their bodies, and create lasting results. So welcome, Amber. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Yeah, me too. So I just figured we could dive right into it. And I'm going to ask you to share your story, who you are, all that good stuff. I just feel like that's a good place to start. Um, And my listeners can get to know you a little. Yes, I would love to. I'd love to. In fact, I was just in my uh, Facebook group and um, just talking a little bit about my story as well, because I do, I do think it's important just to know, especially in this health and wellness space, uh, just to know where, you know, where people are coming from here. And, and so, you know, my, my mission in life as you know, you kind of heard from a little blurb about me, but my mission in life really is to get women off the, the, the dieting crazy train. It really is to empower women to know their worth and to heal their relationship with, uh, with themselves and with food and with their bodies and really be that stemmed from my own life and, and what I went through and, and how I, um, you know, got to the other side of constantly being miserable and and in my body. And it really started when I was a kid, I, at a very young age, um, you know, age of like, you know, seven or nine, somewhere around there, I can remember at a very young age feeling like my body was not good, that I needed to be in a different body. I needed to be in a smaller body. And I was not an overweight kid at all, but I was just, I was an athletic kid. I always looked older than my age. And I had, you know, little kind of traumas along the way when I was growing up of family members commenting on my body. And, you know, this was like before the body positivity, you know, movement. And this is really kind of, I think, growing up in an era where, where women, especially role models for, for women, you know, like my mom and my aunt and, you know, all of that they didn't know any better. Right. So they're constantly talking about being on a diet, being smaller, being thinner. They hated their body, like all the things stepping on the scale every day. And I think for a lot of women, especially over 40, like that's just how we learn to be. And so I think it sent a message. I know it did for me that the body that I was in was not, was not good enough. And so that really progressed into, you know, I can remember being 14 years old, starting my first calorie restrictive diet. I didn't even know what I was doing at that point. I just, I didn't even know what a damn calorie was. I just knew that I didn't, I, sh- I wasn't supposed to eat a lot of them. 
And so I can remember going to the subway and ordering a veggie sub, not because I liked a veggie sub. It was just because that was the lowest calorie thing on the menu. And I thought, okay, if, if that's the lowest calorie thing on the menu, then I'm doing well. And I, at, at a very young age, I also started to associate almost like being in control of like my body by the food I was eating and like associating like good food versus bad food. And like, also like if, if I ate that good food, then I was good. Or if I ate the bad food, then I was bad. And all of this really started again, you know, when I was in high school and it started progressing and getting a lot worse when I was in my early twenties, I was in a very toxic relationship. And really, I would say that my self-confidence and my self-worth was really at its all time low. And for me, because I put so much gravity and so much, um, just focus on my self-worth being tied to the way I looked, um, how this manifested for me was an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And when I was in my early twenties, I was absolutely practicing uh, bulimia on the regular. Um, and I was in a really, really downward spiral for a good year, I would say. Um, and I needed to, I needed to, I needed to crawl out. I needed to get out. So I was very, very lucky that I had, um, the means to get uh, professional help. And so I did go to therapy and I think that that backed me out of doing the physical act of binging and purging, but I never, I always say like, I never cured like the mental piece of it. Right. Like I thought that if I just got to the point where I physically wasn't doing it anymore, then I was okay. And that's because at that time, my reality of like bouncing from one diet to the next and working out, you know, sometimes twice a day and over-exercising and, you know, and my obsession with like food and counting calories and counting, you know, uh, you know, doing every diet and all of that, that just was like my normal. I just thought that that's what every woman did. Right. Because when I was growing up, that's what my mom did. Right. That's what my aunts did. So I just thought that that's the way it was supposed to go, that that's as women, that's what we do. And so I really um, just continued to live like that all through my twenties. And at this time I was in a very high performing sales job. Um, and uh, later in my late twenties, I ended up getting married. I ended up having uh, my first baby um, around, I guess what, like 32 and I can tell you that I, I gained a lot of weight with my first pregnancy. I gained about 65 to 70 pounds. And it's because I used those nine months as a full on binge session. I was super unhealthy about it. I was preeclampsic. I had super high blood pressure. I had to go on bed rest the last part of my pregnancy. And that's because I was just like, that was like such a big letdown period for me. It was kind of like the, like I said, just like a nine month binge. And so I had my first baby and I, um, and I lost the weight very quickly, but I immediately went back to my like very unhealthy tendencies, right. Where I was doing all these crazy diets. I mean, I can remember like the last one, one of the last diets I did, like after one of the last really extreme ones I did was almost like this 30 day fast, where it was like, you were only eating every other day, but then on the days you were eating, you were just eating like avocados and cucumbers. It was so messed up and I lost a ton of weight, but then of course, you know, you gain all that weight back because that you can't live like that's not sustainable. And so I just spent the next couple of years really going up and down, like in my weight a lot, like chasing, you know, every, every 10, 15 pounds, I was like losing, gaining the same, the same weight. Cause I was constantly chasing that. I thought, okay, if I could just lose, you know, if I could just get to that weight, then I'm going to be happy. Right. And this whole time realizing 
that it was, I was never going to be happy. I was never going to be happy. Even when I got to that weight, because I wasn't happy with myself. I was so miserable with myself. And so rinse and repeat, same thing happened when I had my set with my second baby, same thing, gained almost about the same amount of weight. Um, and I had him and the same situation happened, went back to my extreme ways, working out all the time, all of it. And it wasn't until 2018, uh, when my marriage completely imploded and really kind of moving into more of like, you know, this kind of bled into like 2019. And now I'm in 2019 and I'm getting ready to turn 40 and I'm still working at my sales job. I've got two young kids at home. I am, uh, my marriage is on the rocks. I'm basically facing divorce. Now I'm very unhappy in my sales job because I could just do it in my sleep. I was not fulfilled at all. And I decided that for my 40th birthday, I was going to take a trip to Costa Rica and do a seven day yoga retreat the year before I had planned to do like a group of 20 girls and we we're going to go to freaking Cabo, but that was not in the cards for me that year. I needed to take a beat for myself and figure out what do I want my next 40 years to look like. And so, you know, to make a long story short, I went on that trip and it was life-changing. I, really got some clarity on what I wanted to do with my life. I got some clarity on like what my passions were and what I'm, what I'm good at. And really, I think what I got some clarity on who I was meant to serve and, and what I was meant to do in this world. And so I came back and immediately enrolled in a year long integrated nutrition program. I re-upped my personal training certification because I'd had that in my twenties, but it, I didn't train anybody in my twenties. I, I had it because I just wanted, I was trying to like perfect my own body. Mm-hmm. So I, I re-upped that and, um, and I started my own company and I really just decided to turn my pain into purpose. And I would say that along that journey, while I was in the integrative nutrition health program, something changed within me too. And I decided that I had to, I had to, I had to find my worth. I had to stop attaching all of my value to my body. I had to stop being so obsessive about food. I had to just heal this. And I realized that the very first step to doing that was stopping all of the dieting. And that is why that is really such a huge piece of my platform and and really coaching women on is because in my opinion, I think so many of our body image issues, our self-love issues, our worth issues, all of that, I really do think stem from freaking diets, right? And the constant, like setting yourself up for failure and, and trying something that you, that you're not meant to, to, it's not meant to last forever anyways, and feeling like a failure. And then this rinse and repeat cycle of, of, or gaining the, you know, what that does to your self-esteem when you lose 10 pounds and then gain it back. Like, so I really do think that diets are kind of like the root of all evil when it comes to women and the way we feel about ourselves. And so my mission is to get women off that darn crazy train. So that is how I, that's a long-winded story, but that's how I ended up where I'm at. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I relate to so many things you said. I feel like I have so many questions for you. Um, but I told, I totally agree that like diets, they, they make us crazy. Like, I love how you called it like the dieting crazy train. I was like, that's exactly what it is because especially if you're like type a perfectionist, I feel like I work with a lot of women who are like this, a diet can just make that (laughs) 
characteristic yes. of you so much worse because you are either good, you are either bad, yes. you're on track, you're off track. Um, and it makes you feel crappy about yourself if you decide that you want to eat a donut or you eat a whole bag of chips. Um, and it, it, I think that like mental stress and that emotional stress is just so harmful to women. And I almost don't think we realize it because this diet culture is so ingrained in what we do. I mean, you even mentioned it, like you see like your mom and your aunts and your friends and, you know, all these women around you participating in these diets and crazy exercise and all that. Um, but my question for you is you kind of, you mentioned therapy in there, um, and, you know, finding your self-worth and some of that self-love stuff. I personally went through this in the last couple of years and, mm -hmm. Therapy has been amazing, but I, I was yes. hoping you could talk like a little bit more about how you found that good place, like mentally with all of this or emotionally. Well, one thing I will say is that it is a work in progress. I think mm -hmm. once you start to do the inner work, right? Like what I always say is that it's not like you're cured forever. What I always say though, is that once you can start to do the inner work and you can just start to be aware of like maybe some of your triggers or some of, uh, you know, some of these patterns that you have, or maybe you can become aware of like the origin experience of like, maybe where did that thought come from? Right. Well, you know, why, where, you know, and I was able to trace back for instance, that it was like when I, you know, there's some origin experiences, like when, uh, my aunt had made a comment to me one day about my body. And I can remember exactly what she said to me. And that was a very pivotal experience. But once you can start to just tap into these things and start to make some connections, it's not like you're cured forever. I mean, my God, I can't even, I'll tell you straight up. There's plenty of times I look in the mirror and I'm like overanalyzing the way I look even today. And I have to catch myself. But what I've found is that I'm able to pull myself out of the rabbit hole faster, mm -hmm. right? I'm able to like, look at myself and shut it down. And, and and, 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 you know, forgive myself for having that thought because I, I know now where it comes from. Right. And I can look at my seven-year-old self in the mirror and say, you know what, this isn't your fault. Okay. Like you, um, and so that I think is what's been very powerful for me, but I would say that, you know, when I started kind of my healing process was like a multi kind of faceted, multi-pronged, um, uh, attack at it. And really it was a combination of, I think going to therapy for sure. Um, and really just having the space to talk it out with a professional. I know that that not everybody has access to that. Um, but if you do, I, I, I highly encourage it, but it was that, and it was also really learning to connect with myself and my inner thoughts and feelings. And the reason why that is so important and why it was so important for me. And I think why it's so important for women is because we spend, you know, most women, especially if you're a mom or, you know, even with our partners, you know, a lot of women were nurturers or caregivers, and we spend so much time pouring out and we spend so much time, all the noise from either, you know, like I said, our families or social media or like the world and everything that we, we don't spend a lot of time just listening to our own voice and like what, how we're feeling about something and, and what we really want, not what we should want, not what we think we should do, but what we really want. And so when I started to, you know, talk through a lot of this stuff and, and, and start to really, again, number one, start to just be aware of like 
triggers for me. So like triggers of when I would feel, um, unworthy, right? Like, okay. So trigger for mine forever is like, even just like looking in the mirror. Like I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror, um, like naked because I would just be immediately disgusted with what I saw. Right. And I had to really like break that down. Like, what is that about? Why am I letting what I, a physical thing that I see in the mirror dictate like who I am as a human and, a, and a, or, or when I would step on the scale in the morning and I would, I would hold my breath and I would like wait for that three digit number to basically determine how I was going to feel about myself for the entire day. And so I had to start noticing triggers like that, right? So I think the very first step is starting to notice your triggers. And then, then I think the second step, at least for me and how I got kind of got to that good place was then really doing a lot of, um, like again, journaling and meditating and thinking about like, where did that come from? Right. Like, where did that come from? Why, why do I feel that way? Um, and then just, I think in those moments that you are having that trigger really deciding to, to feel differently, to, to, to choose to feel differently. And I know that sounds easy. That sounds easier than what it is, but I think it can, be as simple as having maybe a Rolodex of, of mantras that you can say to yourself in those moments, because really what you're trying to do is you're really trying to reprogram a lot of these deep subconscious thoughts that, that started from when you were a kid, right? So like when you step on the scale and you, and that, that three digit number pops up and it's, let's say it's not where you want it to be. And you immediately feel terrible about yourself and you talk to yourself terrible and you tell yourself that you're not good enough. And you know, all, whatever things that you say to yourself, yourself really that again, that, that reaction, that reaction is stemming from, from a deep rooted subconscious thought that you, that started when you were a kid. Right. And so I think that, um, for me, what's been powerful is, is when I have those moments is being able just to kind of recognize and I'm having one of those moments and then go back to one of my mantras, which just may seriously simply be like looking at the mirror and being like, some days it's like, you're a badass. Like that's my mantra. Like you're a badass. You got this. Or some days it's like, you're worthy and you can do this. Right. So, um, I know that sounds like may for some, it sounds, it sounds simple, but really like mantras and repetition of mantras, um, are very, very powerful for our subconscious. And that's really, um, that's really important. So yeah, that's what helped me for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, just what you said, it's really that, that awareness perspective and then retraining your brain essentially. Um, I'm glad that you said that it's a work in progress because again, I mean, maybe it's just me being kind of a type A personality where, you know, doing the inner work, there are some days where I'm like, yes, I've got this. Everything's great. But then it's so easy to slip back into those old habits and old way of thinking, which when you think about it, that's, what's comfortable. That's what, you know, of course, like you're going to slip back into some of those old thoughts or ways of thinking, but I really do think it's being gentle with yourself. I know it sounds like a little bit cheesy, but no, yeah. Curious, you know, why am I slipping back into these thoughts or these behaviors and, you know, being, being curious and non-judgmental about it, because at the end of the day, I really do think it's, you know, understanding why you're thinking a certain way, why you're behaving a certain way, and then continuing to choose something different. And of course, that's the uncomfortable and that's what makes it hard. Um, but it's it's never a straight, 
linear path. There's always, you know, highs and lows and bumps in the roads and everything like that. But oh, um, for sure. I mean, I can even say like, even, I mean, I can even be transparent about, I had a situation happen even over the holidays, this past holidays where I had to like check myself because, uh, I had been like from Thanksgiving to Christmas and I'd had a lot of social events and I definitely was feeling a very bloated and not feeling as, you know, good in my body. And I just, and so I, I ordered a juice cleanse. I ordered a juice cleanse for myself and I kept telling myself, oh, this is just because, you know, you want to heal your gut and all this, but in the back of my mind, I knew damn well what I was doing. That was not to heal my gut. It was not it. And and it was, but it was like, I, I would have that thought and be like, no, no, that's not, it was like, I was battling myself. I was like, no, 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 no. You're just doing it. Cause you just want to, you know, you're going to do three day cleanse. Cause you want to just be, you know, get healed, you know, get your gut right and stuff. And the, all the juices arrived and I called my mom and I said, I don't know who I'm fooling. I, I honestly ordered this juice cleanse because I wanted to like lose this water weight. And this is just, and I'm not, I'm not anti-juice cleanse. I think juice cleanses like for the right reasons can be okay, but never to like lose weight. Like that's, you don't lose weight on juice cleanse. So for me, I, um, I, I had to check myself and I told my mom, I was like, I, and I shared it on social. Cause I was like, I had a moment where I was like, okay. And, and that's, I think an example though, of like how I was able to pull myself out of the rabbit hole very, very fast and, and be real with myself and be like, Amber, you know what you're doing right now? Like stop. And, but before I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that. So I think that's kind of like the, the evolution of, of the inner work and how, yeah, you do have the highs and the lows, like you said. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so Um, For somebody who is listening to this and a lot of what you're saying is resonating with them and, you know, maybe they can picture themselves doing some of these kind of extreme things and, you know, (laughs) a lot of like diety things or diet culture things. Do you have any just, you know, straightforward, actionable advice or even motivation for them to, you know, maybe move into a more gray area, moderate approach to wellness? You know, I really do think that it it does it's, it definitely starts with stopping the dieting. I think that's, that's first and foremost. Right. But I know that can be scary to a lot of people. I know that can be scary to a lot of people. And I, I totally appreciate that. I think that we have really overcomplicated nutrition. And I think that really I've found that the key to like sane and sustainable, like well, weight loss, or just like, you know, just overall wellness is really more of an approach of being more consistent than it is with being perfect. Mm-hmm. And because we're so used to these like quick, you know, like, especially like even with, with dieting, we're so used to quick fix diets. Um, you know, when you're trying to lose 20 pounds in 30 days, you, you do have to be perfect, right? Like this is why these diets are so extreme, right? Like you have to be perfect or it's not going to happen. Right. But when you can get your mind around the fact that you're really kind of in it for the long haul and that you, you want to just live a life where you feel good in your body. And when you are, um, you have energy and you're sleeping better and, um, you know, you know, all of those things, you don't have to be so perfect. You just have to be consistent with the big dial movers. And so in my opinion, the very first big dial mover is girl, just stop eating stuff out of a box or a package. Mm. Like just get, or if you do eat some stuff in a box or package, cause I realize, like I'm a mom on the go. Like I got to grab stuff on the fly too. I always say become a label ninja, right? Like start paying attention to what you're putting in your body. And so 
I always say, just start getting more whole foods into your diet. I think that that's, that's a really, I know that that's not sexy and that seems very simple for people, but again, we're going for consistency with the big dial movers, not perfection here. And that really is what matters. And I think, especially as we age, really understanding that food is medicine and it's not calories in and calories out calories do matter if your goal is weight loss, but the quality of your food absolutely matters for our overall health. And so I think getting more real food in your diet. And then I think, um, one, a very easy thing that you can start doing that will make a big, that is a big game changer for your overall health. Uh, and again, if you've got some, some, you know, some fat loss goals, but it's watching the added sugars you put into your diet that you eat in a day. And so I always say that when I am looking, you know, to the very first step in becoming a label ninja is to always, I think the first thing you look at is the added sugars. And the reason why is because typically you're going to find this pattern. If you start doing this, typically a very good indicator of the quality of food that that's in that package is determined by how many added sugars are in there. Cause typically if something's got a bunch of added sugars in there, I guarantee you, you're going to go down to the ingredient list and there's going to be a bunch of chemical names in there. Probably a bunch of things you don't recognize most food companies now, um, that are making food that are, are higher quality. Um, typically this a sign of, of something that's a little, maybe a little bit of a better choice, whether that's a protein bar, whether that's your granola or whether that's whatever it else, you know, cereal, whatever it is in a package, your bread, whatever the ones that are going to be a little bit higher quality and typically more simple ingredients, they've got less, less added sugars in it. And that's not, that's not for everything, but that's, that is, that's a good place to start. Right. I think for so many of us, we're so used to either going like right to the fat grams or right to the, the carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's, you know, that's, that's, that that's not necessarily um, what's the most important thing. So, yeah, I would just say that I think that the most, you know, very first step is, is, is really committing to getting out the dieting and trying to work in some more whole foods and pay attention to the hidden sugar. So just to give you a few examples of maybe where you might not realize there's a lot of hidden sugars. And when you start looking at labels, you're going to start noticing now, uh, like salad dressings are a big culprit of added sugars, bread. I know everyone hates on me every time I bash Dave's killer bread and I'm not bashing Dave's killer bread, right? Like Dave's it's good bread, right? But there's five grams of sugar per slice of bread, right? So the thing is, is that, you know, if the, uh, American heart association recommends, uh, less than 25 grams of added sugar, that's, that's optimal for women's health then you have a sandwich and you're basically at 10 grams of added sugar right there. So it's not like if you have a a sandwich of what Dave's killer bread, is that going to like totally derail you? Uh, No, Mm -hmm. but my point is, is that when you can start eliminating or minimizing the things that have the hidden sugars that don't, that who really cares about the sugar in that, like then you will inadvertently start to reduce your calories. You will, you will, you will also like just start to improve the quality of your food. And I know for me, like I could live without sugar in my salad dressing. I would rather save it up for a damn brownie, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm, right. Or like a cookie. Like I don't need I don't need sugar in my salad dressing. So I think that's a, just a very simple, uh, and easy place for people to start that can have a big impact. Yes, I absolutely agree. And this is 
pretty much the number one thing I say to any of my clients, anybody I work with, is that if you just start eating more whole foods, you are in such a good place. Yes. <laughs> yes. It can be as simple as that. It really, really can for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're also nourishing your body. I mean, those foods yes. um, give you more bang for your buck. I mean, a lot of them are low calorie naturally, but they have yes. nutrients and fiber and yes. vitamins, minerals, all that good stuff. And yeah, if you're eating whole foods, you're ensuring that you are getting some good stuff into your bodies. Um, and then I'm going to pick on a food. I know you picked on <laughs> bread. Mine is like protein bars. I think everybody's like, oh, protein bars are like so healthy. They're such a great snack. But then when you look at the ingredients, no, garbage, garbage into garbage. your body. So no. that's one of the things that like drives me crazy that, you know, everybody thinks, and they have all those fake sugars and everything. And I'm just yes. like, that is good for your body. Well, no. And I mean, and that's what I'm talking about when I say like, you know, becoming a label ninja and really understanding mm -hmm. a lot of the foods that we deemed healthy for a long time. They're really not, like you said, yeah, a lot of those artificial sweeteners, which are like big hormone disruptors for women and like just garbage for our body. Protein bars are like one of the worst. In fact, mm -hmm. I hardly ever eat protein bars. The only, um, I'll, I'll do like, uh, I do like some of those RX bars. Those have just like four ingredients. It's like egg whites, almonds, fruit, or like if I had to grab something quickly, do you know, have you ever had those? As yeah, RX yeah, bars? Had those. yeah. Um, but like, I like to make even like very simple, like protein balls that you can make, um, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, the protein bars, those are like those quest bars. I've got some of the funkiest <laughs> stuff and like everybody loves, I know I'm totally picking on brands, but I'm sorry. Like, they're <laughs> like, it's just nasty. They've got some gross stuff in there. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Especially yeah. for somebody, I mean, like me, and I think you're into gut health too. Like, yeah. That stuff is terrible for your gut. It's oh. terrible. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so anyways, so back to this idea of stopping dieting. Um, how do you feel about, you know, tracking macros, tracking calories, you know, things like that? Do you think it helps or do you think it's more harmful or does it kind of depend on the person? All right. So this is an interesting question. So <laughs> I definitely don't think that I, I think that tracking calories and macros for life is a terrible way to live for mm -hmm. me personally, for me, like for me, I got, I cannot be logging. I don't want to put that much energy into it. I just yeah. don't. Life is too long. No, I cannot. Right. Yep. Um, and you know, what's really interesting is I do find like a lot of, and I know because there's a lot of coaches in our spaces, uh, and they're a lot younger than me and they're all, a lot of them are like big macro coaches. And I'm like, girl, you just wait till you hit over 40. You're gonna be so sick and tired of counting those damn macros. You won't want to do it anymore. Just trust me, but not knocking the macro couches coaches. Cause I'm not saying it's not effective, right? Like I'm not saying it's not effective. I just know for me personally, it's not the lifestyle I want to live. And so what I would say for that is I definitely think macro counting is a, a better uh, solution than calorie counting. Cause I think in, that with calorie counting, unless you're super educated on what you're eating, you really are just doing calorie calories, uh, like the kind of the calories in calories out, like weight watchers type mentality, which I'm not a fan of. Right. So I feel like if you are somebody that's trying to educate themselves and like, just understand like what you're eating, I do think macros would be a better way to go. Um, but what I would say in the way that I teach nutrition is I really just teach nutrition very simply of eating more whole foods and focusing on portions, because here's the deal 
you know, the size of the palm of your hand for some meat, the macros are the macros are the macros in a piece of chicken. That's the size of the palm of your hand or around that size. Right. And so that, I mean, you don't have to like weigh it. You don't have to log it. Like everyone's hand, unless you've got like an incredibly small hand or like what, you know, very large, whatever. But for the most part, again, we're splitting hairs at that point. For the mm-hmm. most part, when you're eyeballing it, the macros are the macros, right? And when you eat a more, a diet that's more consistent of whole foods, the natural byproduct is going to be a calorie deficit for the most part. Typically the calories take care of themselves because when you're filling your plate up with lots of vegetables and, you know, and watching your portions on good fats and making sure you're getting protein and all of that, like you're not going to overdo it with the calories. Like you would eating, you know, uh, a hamburger or something, you know, cheeseburger from fast food, right? It's like the calories just kind of take care of themselves. And at least that's what I find that the way that I, that I, you know, my transformation, the way that I coach clients and getting them off the diet, you know, the dieting train. So I think one of the only, not one of the only, but one area though, that I would say that I'm, I am an advocate of like counting or tracking at least for a little while for maybe just like, even if it's just like a few days is to make sure you're eating enough food. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you that. And you know, this too, most women, I would say not, you know, I coach women over 40, most women over 40 under eat. They, they don't overeat. No, like I seriously have all the one-on-one coaches at the clients I've coached. I think I've had one that I had to like, that she was maybe overeating a little bit, but every single one of my clients that I usually coach one-on-one, we have to reverse diet them because they have been under eating for so long because we've been taught this whole, you know, eat less, move more. And so then by the time you get to, you know, my age, women are barely eating and they wonder why they can't lose weight. So a lot of times I will have women like track for just a few days. Like, let's just get a baseline. Let's see where you're at. Um, and that's, yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it, but no, like a lifestyle of tracking weighing and all of that. No, no, thanks. I'm not here for it. Yeah. I, one thousand percent agree, and I'm like, I started with the macros. I love the macros, but I think there's kind of like a time and a place for them. Like, I think they can be very insightful, and they can educate you and give you um, data on what yeah. you're eating and consuming. But I don't want my clients to track forever and always. No, <laughs> like I know. Mentally yeah. draining, and maybe it is because I'm in my forties now that I'm Seriously. just like I can't track all the time. Um, but I do think they can be helpful. Like if you had a specific goal in mind, or if you really wanted to get an idea of like what you were eating, because yeah, I do think women in general kind of under eat and they're afraid to eat, you know, more than 1400 calories or God forbid they go over 2000 calories. Um, and really I feel like eating more just solves so many problems. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I've got women coming to me. They're afraid to eat over a thousand calories. I mean, oh, it's God. just, it's crazy. I mean, and so Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, it's funny, you were talking about like kind of that type A Mm-hmm. perfectionist personality. And that's a hundred percent how I am too. And that was one of the things why the tracking like made me crazy too, because like, I can't, like, I get so obsessive with that. Like, so I do think for some people though, if it is, if, you know, if you're listening to this and you do have like an, a history of like an eating disorder or something like that, I, I think stay away from the tracking. Like that's, that can absolutely be a massive trigger for that. Um, but yeah, it's a girl. It ain't the way I want to live. I can tell you that I'm done with those days. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. And I mean, even though I still use macros with a lot of our clients, or at least in our, with our coaching team, um, I, I do think 
some people do really well with them and other people, it's just sure. not for them. It can make things worse or make things more difficult. And I really do have a very low key approach to it. So I yeah. think like how you go into it as far as like what your expectations are, you know, the type A personality or, you know, being curious and non-judgmental about the food that you're eating. <laughs> no, absolutely. And like, that's what I was saying at the beginning is that, yeah, like I think if anything like macros, I'm not, no way, no way did I say that macros aren't, um, uh, that aren't effective. They definitely are right. Like it's, it's a proven thing. It's not that it's not effective. It's just, yeah, what works for you and what works for your lifestyle. And I think that, um, macros for sure can be a, um, a really good, um, uh, if you're somebody that just doesn't really have any idea about nutrition, you're not really sure. I think, like you said, it can be very telling, but I think what happens for a lot of women is it becomes like a major crutch. And then it also becomes like a form of like this, like up and down cycle. Well, they'll, they'll go off track and then they get on track by like having to count macros again and look at off track. And like my mission for women is really get them to get, have a more like even keeled approach to nutrition, right? Like less, less perfect, more consistent. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're using macros as a form to like get back on track or get on, get control again or whatever, then I feel like you're, it's really just going, using it as like another dieting tool, right? As yeah. Opposed to, yeah. Which I think is, yeah, yeah. can be, yeah. 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 Just what you said, cause then you're on track and then it's almost like you're restricting things because you're totally macros and eating a certain way. So yeah, totally agree. Totally. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, you know, being in our forties, um, would love to talk about, you know, just understanding, you know, how our bodies have changed. Um, and maybe some of the, I'm going to take something from Jill Coleman, um, the anchor actions, kind of like the foundational things that you make sure that you do in your forties and, you know, maybe you didn't do in your twenties. Yes. God, I love this question, especially because, you know, I, and I know you do too. It's like, you know, a lot of the questions we get asked, I, at least I do is like, okay, you know, what kind of, what kind of exercise is best for women over 40 mm -hmm. and you know, what kind of supplements for over 40 and just like all these things. And I would say specifically when it comes to exercise, the way I feel about it is you can do exercise that you did in your twenties, you can do them in your forties, right? It just depends on your ability level, like your, your ability level. Are you just a beginner? Are you intermediate? Are you more advanced? But the caveat to that is that what I would say is that it also matters. You have to change the way you take care of your body. So I think for women over 40, as we're aging, particularly when it comes to fitness, I think a few things that we need to be aware of is number one, not over-exercising from a hormonal standpoint, right? I think in our twenties and thirties, we could have our cortisol shooting through the roof 24 seven, and it didn't really matter. Right. But now that we're in our forties and our estrogen and progesterone are dropping and all these things are happening as our body is changing, you know, we need to be mindful of, of optimizing our hormones and a way to uh, help with that is to, to not be over-exercising and not be overproducing that, that stress hormone for our body. So I think we need to be mindful of that. Right. So I always say, I do not recommend high intensity exercise more than four days a week. I think, I think that's really too much for most people, uh, unless you're like a, you know, an, a, a performance athlete or whatever. But I think for most people, for most women, high intensity, um, exercise, I think more than four days a week can be too much. Right. So I think there's that, that we got to watch out for. I think we also need to be more mindful of, of stretching and, and, and doing those low impact days. I think every woman over 40 should have a day of yoga, my personal opinion. <laughs> I just think that I think that it can definitely help with our nervous system. I think it also helps um, in stretching, which is really, really important. 
Um, so I think that that's a really big deal. Um, and then also kind of third thing for fitness is, uh, really every woman, but especially God, especially as we age over 40, absolutely. You have to strength train. Absolutely. You know, we lose about a half a pound of muscle per year over the age of 40. Um, as our hormones are dropping, our metabolic rate is dropping. Um, and so really good way to combat that is to strength train. And so that is really, really important. So I think from a fitness standpoint, um, those are some things that we need to be paying attention to. And then again, I think we need to be approaching really just our, um, our wellness, our overall like nutrition and our wellness, um, from, from just a different point of view, which is, I think that, you know, as we start to age, we need to be more aware of things that cause inflammation in the body, things that cause disease in the body, using our food as medicine, um, because we're getting older and we're, we're facing the, these things again, I think in our twenties and thirties, we didn't think about that stuff, right. We didn't, we didn't worry about it, but things like gut health and things like, um, you know, making sure you're getting the nutrients and that you need and the minerals that you need. And I've found that when you can really start to lead with that and go into kind of the way you approach your nutrition with that mentality, weight loss will come like that is a byproduct of it. Right. When you come at it, like, I'm just going to get whole more whole foods and I want to eat more vegetables because I want to be healthier naturally. Um, I do think that, um, and I'm not trying to, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to act like, Oh, you just start eating some whole food. Like it's so easy. Cause I coach a lot of women that feel stuck with their weight loss. And I, I get all of that. Right. But I'm just saying that when you start to lead, uh, with kind of having your overall health the, as the objective, uh, your body starts to work like a well-oiled machine. And I do think it's a lot easier to lose the weight and then keep it off for sustainable weight loss. So I think we just have to change our mindset and the way that we look at health and fitness and, and nutrition for sure, as we age. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for somebody that's listening right now and, you know, they're listening to us chat and, you know, we're emphasizing whole foods and strength training, um, and they're kind of a newbie to these ideas. Is there Mm -hmm. anything just really simple that they could just do today or tomorrow to get moving in the right direction? Because sometimes like telling people eat more whole foods or start strength training, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't even know where to go. But what would be kind of like the first steps for like a newbie? So when I think about getting more whole foods into my diet, I think again, going back to the very, very simple thing of just, in fact, I host a zero processed food nutrition challenge. And this is always, mm-hmm. this is, I love doing this one because it really starts to get people just aware of what they're eating. But I, but where I start with them, and I think this is a really good spot start place to start is just start to be aware of how much stuff in your day that you, that comes from a, of something in a package, just start to be aware. And the next time you go to the grocery store, I would love for you to focus on the outer perimeter of the store. I would love to see if you could get your groceries for the week from the outer aisles of the store and don't even go in to the inner aisles. Like that is a challenge. If you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I want to eat more whole foods. I don't like, I'm not sure. I challenge you. I want you to go to the store. I want you to say, okay, I'm only going to do the outside box, the outside box, because that's where all the fresh meat, the the fresh produce is. That's where all the fresh meat is. That's where all the dairy is. All of it's the outside square. You don't even weave in and out like a snake. You don't even go into the inner aisles. I want to challenge you to see if you could do that. And if you could just start there, by getting your groceries every week from that outside perimeter, you are way, way ahead of the game for sure. When it comes to your nutrition. And as far as your 
fitness is concerned, you know, I think one of the biggest things that I see a lot of women do kind of a, what keeps them stuck as they really go into, and this is how we approach nutrition and fitness, but we do it from like an all or nothing standpoint. And I think that, so we go in and we're like, okay, I'm going to start exercising on Monday and I'm going to do five days this week. Right. And for a lot of if you're just getting going, I'm going to tell you right now, five days a week is not sustainable. It's not sustainable. You have to ease from an injury standpoint, just from a mental standpoint, you've got to ease yourself into it. So I always say like, I, I like my clients to, if you're just getting going, I would love to see you commit to like just two days a week, like two days a week. And that way you can start to get your, just your mind, like in, in the, in the mental, like, um, uh, in the mental state and like, in the, you know, in that, um, rhythm of getting some workouts in, but just start with two days a week. Okay. But commit to those two days. I always tell my clients, I'm like, okay, but come hell or high water, you're getting those two days. in. like, I don't care what, like you, you get them in, get them in, commit to that. Right. And so I think you could start small from there. And, you know, in between, like, you know, just, just get outside and connect with your body, go for a walk go for a walk. You don't need to start strength training four or five days a week. Like that's, that's too much to start off. So just commit to two days a week. I would love to see, um, you know, love to see you start there. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And it, it is kind of about, you know, starting small, because if you go to the extremes again, it's like overwhelming, then you can't be consistent. And then you're starting over again. And it just goes back to that whole cycle. So I joke with my clients all the time. I'm like, you just have to lower your expectations. Seriously. (laughs) Don't like give yourself some damn grace and just, yes. Like just give yourself a beat, right? Give yourself some darn grace and just, um, and take it slow, right? Because that's what, that's, what's going to help you stay consistent for sure. Is just easing into it with your nutrition. And so I, even with your nutrition, right. Instead of like, you know, if you don't, if it feels really hard for you to like, cause you realize you're eating a ton of stuff in a box or a package, how about you just start with one meal? Okay. At this meal, just this one meal right here today, I don't need to overall my whole diet, this one meal, I'm going to eat just more whole foods and, and try and eat more protein protein and veggies and good fats and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm, I agree. So before we wrap up, I would love to chat a little bit about your business, about the wellness brand. So, um, I I know you have a podcast, um, so I'll definitely be sure to share that with readers. Um, but what else are you doing? Um, what's next? Um, if you want to just share a little bit about the business, that would be great. Yeah. So I recently, uh, beginning of the year, I had launched, uh, an eight week program. It's master your nutrition, master your body. Mm-hmm. And the goal of this program really is to teach women a lot of the things that we talked about today, really, uh, approaching, uh, nutrition and, and fitness from, uh, from a sane and sustainable way. And so over the course, course of the eight weeks, I not only teach women kind of the tactical things they need to understand from a, those, those big dial movers, when it comes to nutrition, the tactical piece, part of nutrition, but we also spend a lot of time getting into like the mindset and mindfulness piece of it, because I really do believe that when you marry the two of those together, that's when you have a lifestyle, right? That that's something that you can, can stick to. So, um, I'm going to be running that program again, um, later this year. Um, and I'm really, really pumped about that. Um, I also have a membership program where a lot of women after the eight week program for a continued support and accountability to continue with their transformation 
Nutrition. Um, I have a membership, the Wellness Revolution membership uh, that I'm excited about. And then, yeah, my podcast, it's been, the podcast is also the Wellness Revolution. So this is really, like you said, kind of my brand and my platform. Um, and really on the podcast, we are just talking about nutrition and fitness and relationships and really just all things life after 40, uh, you know, and so I'm, I, that's been a really, really fun thing for me to get going. So yeah, so that's, that's what I got rolling these days. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And it's been so fun to follow you. Um, Amber's also on Instagram, so I'll be sure to include those links, um, anywhere else we can find you, follow you. Yeah. You know, I've got um, a, a, a larger audience on uh, TikTok. I love oh, doing yes. that short form, the short form video platform, which is really, really fun. It's just different content over there. And then yeah, TikTok, Instagram. I also have a um, private Facebook group um, that, that I'm, uh, I have a, a community that I've built. So you can find me in a lot of different places. I would love, love, love to connect. Yay. Awesome. I'll be sure to include all that info in the show notes so people can find you. Um, yeah. just wanted to thank you. It was so great chatting with you as always. I feel like we always have so much to talk about, uh, but, um, just thank you so much. And, um, everyone listeners, be sure to check out Amber at our podcast at Instagram and TikTok and all the good places. You're so great. Thank you so much for having me.